From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and um, next month, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I've got from Confusion Hoops, uh, the celebrity game king, my man, Adrian Mack. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. I appreciate you for having me, brother. It's an honor, man. I, I'm, I've been jamming 102, man, since I was a little bitty kid, so it feel good to be here. Oh, man. Well, yeah. well I'm glad that you could uh, pull up and we finally, you know, seeing folks in, in person doing yeah. in-studio things. So uh, right. this is um, pretty exciting. So first, let's talk about Confusion Hoops. Like, how, how did you come up with this? Uh, and how did you get the name The Celebrity Game King? All that. Give me the rundown. Man, the, the rundown, I got the name Confusion Hoops. I made two dudes fall in one play. I guess the way that I dribble a ball, man, is just different than anybody else. And uh, the dude with the microphone at the time, he was just like, I mean, he confused everybody. We're going to call him Confusion. So <laughs> it kind of just it kind of just stuck with me. And I feel as though, you know, like when God talks, he sends messages through other people. So that kind of just really just like stuck with me. So we kind of just took the name. We ran with it. I started off doing a tour with the Harlem Stars. I did that, which is like the Globetrotters. And then uh, that didn't pan out. And then I I ended up doing a little Boosie uh, celebrity basketball game. You know, Boosie, he funny as hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up playing in his game, and I had like 45 in his game. And Boosie was like, man, bro, you need to go to all the celebrity games and like just kill him. So ding, another light went off. I was like, you know, even though Boosie playing, you know, like he actually mean this. And uh, this was in like 2016, and I just took it and I just ran with it. So I just created my own lane, and uh, it hasn't been a celebrity game I haven't been with. I have been in games with Cardi B, Drake, Snoop Dogg, DJ Khaled, uh, Chris Brown, you name them. Floyd Mayweather. I didn't. I didn't been in games with him. So even uh, NBA All Star Weekend. You, you, I, have I've you done, done All Star Weekend too. Yeah, <coughs> I've done All Star Weekend too. Matter of fact, um, the Floyd Mayweather game was during All Star Weekend. So I've done that, and uh, I just, I just been able to like really be blessed and find my niche. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm in my own lane, and now I'm like I'm known as like you. You talk about a celebrity game, confusion. Whose name got to come up? Yeah. Did you ever have aspiration of trying to make it to the league? Yeah, I had a true, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a dream of mine uh, as a kid, trying to go to the NBA, trying to make it. But uh, on the political side, it's different, you know what I'm saying, trying to go to the to the league. And um, that was tough. But uh, I ended up finding my way, and uh, now I'm able to, like, play against, like, NBA players, you know, throughout the summertime. And uh, it's cool. You know, I, I was able to play against Lou Williams, Lance Stevenson, you know, just uh, Aaron Gordon, just different guys like that. So even though I'm not in the NBA, I still feel like I'm in there. I still get the same respect as those guys. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Where'd you uh, grow up in Houston? Uh, I, small town, Hitchcock, Texas, right outside of uh, Galveston. Um, I went to Lamarck, went to Lamarck High School. Graduated there. We were known as a football school. I actually went to school for uh for football at Texas Southern, and I quit the first day. Man, I was done. I never quit nothing, but uh football. Was yeah, football was just it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. It was too damn hot. All the pretty girls on on TSU. You've been on TSU campus. You know how it is on the Tiger Wall. We all know. So yeah, I'm just like man. I, I don't want to play football no more. I, I want to be seen. You know what I'm saying? Like I want my face to be seen. So. I'm gonna just get on the basketball court and just you know just go at these cats and it, it just it just happened. Indeed. Yeah. So um, you're doing something that I think is just absolutely uh, incredible. We got confusion hoops versus 
KDC International for the Breast Cancer and Domestic Violence Celebrity Game, which is happening on October 3rd, uh, that is next Sunday, um, at the KDC Gymnasium. Right. How did y'all come up um, with this? And and just tell me imp- the importance of why you all wanted to uh, focus on breast cancer awareness and domestic violence with October, you know, being both of those months. Yeah, well, me and my guy, KDC, uh, we actually, uh, Kendrick, we came up with the... Uh, with the idea, you know, he has his own gym. So we just came up with the idea that, you know, hey, we need to do something for these women, you know, who go through domestic, you know, violence, abuse, you know, and different things like that. You know, a lot of women, they uh, they really uh, keep that stuff bottled in. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of women walk around daily, you know, and then got beaten on the night before, but uh, they don't speak on it. And guys too as well. And because we're men, we're strong, you know, we don't never speak on the importance of, women hit men too as well so we want to highlight those points and you know give these women their flowers uh the men too as well who actually go through uh domestic uh uh, problems and uh we want to highlight both of those especially too you know with the uh, with the breast cancer too as well uh one of my best friends she's in the w well she played in the WNBA. uh she's actually gonna be there tiffany jackson she played for the sparks uh she had breast cancer and um her story is amazing. They actually had to remove one of her breasts due to breast cancer. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to highlight these women and uh, and just make sure, you know what I'm saying, like we giving back. That's it. We just want to give back to these women and let them know that, hey, you guys are appreciated. So, you know, I'll be there. You know, he's going to be there. Have time. I'm going to speak on the things to look out for when someone is, uh, you know, really trying to mirror you, mirror your personality and, you know, different things like that. So I'm going to educate people on the things to look for when it comes to uh, dating people who are abusive. Drop one of those gems. You ain't got to give it all, but drop one. What should one look out for? Uh, just just people who are very, like, just manipulative. Um, I always look for people who, who like to twist your words. Uh, we call it, I call it, it was gaslighting. So that's the uh, the medical term for it, which is gaslighting. People who, you know, if you say, well, I was here at 1130 and you know you were home at 1130 and they say, no, no, you wasn't. You didn't get here to three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, these people like they really like to twist, you know, your ideas and make you believe that whatever they believe in is what you are supposed to believe. And they manipulate you so well to a point to where, you know, if you got a good heart, these people really, you know, they really draw themselves to you. So um, that's really one of the things to look for. Uh, and people who are people who move too fast. I'm always careful of people mm-hmm. who are who are moving very fast. That part. Uh, when it comes to uh, relationships, you know, friendships or anything like that, you know, people who are really trying to move too fast, kind of let me know you got an ulterior motive. Yeah. So like, what are you here for? You know, what's yeah. your purpose of trying to like be here? Like, for you moving just a little bit too fast around me, and I'm real chill and laid back. So I always just sit back on people and just like and just watch their vibe. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. Uh, anything moving fast is uh, it's always a huge red flag for me. Always Absolutely. I totally, so, <laughs> totally <yeah. laughs> agree with that. I've had, you know, women do that. I've had, you know, individuals yeah. who, um, you know, just because of the platform that I have, right, uh, you know, want to befriend me and, 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 and do business, but it's just all so fast and, and yes. I'm like, my G, like yeah. relax, yeah. Max. Yeah. Because 
if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I like for things to happen naturally, organically. Right. If it feels forced, I'm cutting out. Right, facts. You know, so that's um, <laughs> that is a, that that's is a, a big huge, red. That's a huge red flag. A lot of people they they don't know. You know, they they see the beauty of a person, and uh, they look at that. And it's like, you know, if you're dating a fine chick, it's like, man, you know, it's moving fast. She likes to do everything that I like to do. You know, he likes to do everything that I do, vice versa. I don't want to just, you know, single out women. But uh, men do it too, you know what I'm saying, as well. So anything moving fast is just like, it's just a motive. It's mm-hmm. a motive because you're not taking the time to, like, really get to know to me. To get to know, right. Like, I want to get to know bro right here, you know, what he does with 102. So I'm going to take my time and, hey, bro, let's vibe, let's chill, let's hang, you know what I'm saying, outside of the radio station, you know, versus outside of me playing basketball. Let's get to know one another as brothers, you know what I'm saying, hang, chill, whatever, cool, you know what I'm saying. That way you know, oh, well, Confusion ain't trying to get into 102 every week. You know, I know he not using me for that, you know, and vice versa. But a lot of people, man, they if they feel you got a good heart uh, or they feel as though you're vulnerable, they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and they, they find ways to, to find your weak spots and uh, they find ways to get in. And uh, once they get in, it's it's a wrap. Yeah. So that's why the, the gift of discernment is very um, super, super, super paramount. It's to, to a have. point. It's to a point now, bro, to where I can look at a female. She can walk. She can walk dead up on me. I can look at her and be like, nah, that's not it. I'm cool on her. I'm good. How you doing, sweetheart? Keep it moving. You know what that is. Right? Yeah, that's that's discernment. Super. Absolutely. And then that superpower that we have within, you know, um, we can, I always say, trust the vibes you get because energy doesn't lie. Facts. And when you meet someone, even before they open their mouth, just how they walk in and come up to you, like everybody has this aura around them. Right. And you can tell. Yeah. If that aura is bright and pure in intention and right. and, 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 and leading with love and, and full of gratitude yeah, versus the opposite side yeah. of that, you yeah. know, having an, uh, an ulterior motive, you know, just going in for self and not for, you know, the collective. Um, so we're running into that a lot these days. I myself personally... I don't see the aura in a lot of people now. Yeah. I just I just not, don't. I mean, not, now that authentic. I've had this um spiritual awakening and um on this journey and you know the gifts that the most high gave me and I can I can pinpoint mm-hmm. if if you real or not. Mm-hmm. I can pinpoint mm-hmm. if we're talking and if you're lying to me mm-hmm. or not right there in real yeah. time. And I've been like bugging out some of my coworkers and friends, like telling them something. I'll be like, oh, no, you're not with that. Like I can yeah. tell that you yeah. are. And then they'll be looking like, well, how does man know like what I'm feeling? But you know, he's, he's right, but I don't want to tell him that he's right. Yeah. But he is. Yeah. That's because <laughs> energy don't lie. They don't. They don't. <laughs> Energy don't lie at no. all. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Adrian Mack, the celebrity game king, Confusion Hoops versus KDC. Uh, that is happening on uh, next Sunday, October 3rd, at the KDC uh, Gymnasium. Uh, and shout out to KDC uh, International. Not here with us. I'm, I'm seeing you got some um, 
got some big names in this thing. You mentioned got Tiffany Jackson. Tiffany Jackson, um, yeah. And, and, and who else? I see Sir Isaac. I see one little flip. Who like, got little flip going to be there? The Ace Time legend. Shout out to little flip, man. You know, anytime I call flip for anything, he's going to be like, yeah, little bro, I'll pull up. You know, so shout out to flip, man. He, he's a good dude. We have him. We got Tobias Tate from uh, Love & Hip Hop. He's going to be in town. And then uh, we have uh, Tessica. Uh, her story is crazy. This actually the the woman who went viral for gorilla gluing her hair. Oh, oh wow! So she's gonna be at the game. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's uh, you know, that's she, a different twist. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge twist, and I mean, she can tell her story, you know, to the people there, you know, what happened. Uh, she actually just got out of out, out of a domestic violence uh, relationship when she blew up. You know, her her dude she was with. You know, he uh, it's. He just went crazy on her. Some some crazy stuff that she can explain outside of me. But uh, I mean, it, it'll be you know it'd be good to see her. You know, what I'm saying just in you know just in person. She's a good person, so it'd be cool to have her there for sure. For sure. What do What do you hope that people take away from this? Even though you know it's a celebrity basketball game, you know it's gonna be a lot of you know fun and and friendly competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the overall message, what do you hope that people uh, walk away from? Uh, just getting your life back. Mm. getting your life back, getting back to who you are, knowing that, you know, you are somebody, um, you are loved because it's going to be a love filled day. So we want you to feel love whenever you leave that building that way. Cause we don't know what you're going home to when you leave, mm. but when you leave there for those three, four hours, we're playing basketball, you are loved. And this is what you should look forward to whenever you are done leaving here. So, when we leave, whoever's there, if we touch one life, if we saved a life, if we saved anybody from domestic violence or, you know, women are scared to go get screened, scanned to get their breast scanned, you know, anything like that. Um, whenever they leave, we want them to feel like, okay, I need to get this done. I need to leave this man. I need to leave this woman. And I need to be happy because these people gave me some hope. So, so you're going to have resources for women, you know, um, that is going through either yeah, situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually working on getting some counselors there um, to provide, you know, free services for these women or anything like that that's actually been through it. And uh, I have Tiffany Jackson, who's going to be there to actually mm-hmm. help these women, you know, go through the process of what they need to do to get screened for breast cancer, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the mammograms are important, yeah. man. Yeah, Just super. Yeah, the mammograms are super. You took the words right. I'm on super important. So she'll be there. Uh, she'll be able to explain her story. She was actually playing at the WNBA and find out she had breast cancer. You know what's so um, mind-blowing to me, Adrian, is that we have spent decades on decades mm-hmm. um, with having things like uh, the celebrity basketball game, um, and million, billions of dollars mm-hmm. over these decades in cancer research and all of that. And here we sit, September in the year of 2021, mm-hmm. and we're still doing the same thing. Out of all of these years, all of these decades, you mean to tell me as great as these medical scientists and doctors and researchers, be it at John Hopkins or be it, you know, right down the street in the, in, in the Texas Medical Center, that they have not 
came up with a cure for this cancer or or any kind of cancer for that matter. Like, I think it's BS, to be totally honest. It's a money grab. You a real brother for bringing that up. Well, oh, oh, well, oh, I because oh, you didn't know I, who you were I, dealing kudos, with. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, kudos I'm the to that, bro. Because uh, <laughs> I ain't scared a, of these folks. That's a, that's a very <laughs> touchy subject, and I don't think nobody else who's on the air besides you, no matter what station, is gonna bring up that exact topic of what you just said. Yeah, that's very true. It's like, what are we it's doing? A, it's a, it's a money, money laundering scheme. CDC has found a cure for Corona. They found a cure for smallpox and all these other things that happened, you know, before then. Um, the history goes all the way back to when they lined up these men in the 70s or 60s like that. They were trying to test them to find out to see, you know, if this cure would work for smallpox or something like that. Ended up injecting these guys with syphilis. I don't know if you ever heard of this. Oh, story. yeah, yeah. The Tuskegee, the Tuskegee experiment. Well, what it was was that they they had the syphilis in Tuskegee and they brought in, you know, some medical folks who were supposed to mm-hmm. give them this vaccine, vaccine to cure it. But they opted not to to see what the reaction, the adverse reactions would be if they still had it. And so, you know, we've been lab rats, you know, throughout the history. And and, and if I'm really going to keep it a stack, you know, and 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 I'm sorry for those of you that have. But even those that have gotten this jab. Yeah. Unfortunately, you are a lab rat, too, because it has not gone through the rigorous testing and trials that vaccines in the past have. Normally, it's three to five years before it's even considered to be be told to the public. Approved, approved, approved by the CDC. It takes two, maybe three, maybe two to five years to be approved. Right. And, and, And then the FDA just I mean, the FDA said that they are not going to approve this vaccine, nor are they going to, well, they just voted last week that they're not going to approve the boosters. And yeah. so, you know. They're boosting, they're boosting other things in, in your, your livelihood and your time span. Oh, yeah, because we don't want to get into, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it's that. A, uh, let deep, me say this real quick. It's a quick. deep conversation. It is deep. Um, the views and opinions given here on the Public Affairs Podcast are that of myself, KG Smooth and not Radio One, Houston or Urban One. Let me just make that clear. These are these are my opinions. This is not this has nothing to do with the company, has nothing to do with the station. This is just this is my opinion. Exactly. And actually things that I've done extensive amount of research mm-hmm. on, been on this stuff for ten months. Mm-hmm. Ten months. I've been looking into this stuff. Yeah. And but let some people tell it I'm crazy and I'm a conspiracy theorist and all, all of that. But uh-uh. now Mm-mm. this thing is busting at the seams it is. and I'm getting, and people are hitting me up like, damn bro. Like when you said this, you were right. Yeah. Or, you know, I did see this or this person did have that. Like your, your, yeah. bo- your body is naturally gifted to yes. fight off anything that comes your way. You you kneel down on your knees and you pray to God at night. Hey God, heal me in any kind of way and trust me, it will happen. He will answer everything that you're asking him for. I've never had a flu shot, never. Never. So you expect it for me, me to go down there now 
and inject something in my and body. See, and, and, and here's the trick this go around, Adrian. <laughs> They're mixing in the COVID vaccine with the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. This go round. That is what's happening. Everybody, I need you to wake up. Mm-hmm. I need you to wake up. Mm-hmm. The media and this government has never cared about you. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this Stockholm syndrome that a lot yeah. of y'all have with protecting your oppressor and your abuser, it has to stop. And I pray that you wake up. All right, damn, that's our time. Bro, the celebrity basketball game next Sunday, October 3rd. We're going to say this for the next round. KDC, because yeah, I can go there, bro. Oh, man, I, come listen, on. I, ain't, come on. I am come on. never scared. Talk to me. Never scared, Talk okay? Because I speak truth to power. I Talk work for the me. people. Talk I don't work. I don't work for the industry, the corporations. Right. I work for the people. Facts. You know, Facts. and you got to choose a side, yeah. and I'm and I'm with the people, I'm, and I'm right here with you, man. So, uh, yeah, say the date next Sunday, KDC Gymnasium, the celebrity basketball game, uh, special appearances from Lil Flip. We got uh, Tiffany Jackson, Sir Isaac, uh, of course, uh, Confusion Hoops will be there. Um, and a, a gang of others. Where can they go get more information? Uh, uh, they can actually go on my Instagram. I'm, I'm going to start flooding with crazy information about the game. Instagram, K-O-N-F-U-Z-I-O-N underscore hoops. Once again, that's K-O-N-F-U-Z-I-O-N underscore hoops. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw all the information on there, game info, ticket uh, pricing, and, and different things like that. Um yeah, we're going to have a bunch of women and men out yeah. that day. It's going to be a happy day. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up. So uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Adrian Mack, the celebrity game king. Man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you, man. Shout out to all my people back in Lamar, Texas, and my boy Charlo, man. He behind me right here, man. He, he, that's, that's my guy. Appreciate you for coming, bro. No, yeah. We're going to get you on. We're going to get you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. For everybody listening to the podcast, we'll be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and it is an honor and a privilege to have on the phone line from AMA. She is the Chief Development Officer for the Association of Advancement of Mexican Americans. Please welcome Ms. Debbie Ortiz to the Public Affairs Podcast. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am super. It is a bright, sunshiny day, and it's good to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes, indeed. You know, um, Alma has been around since 1970, but there's a lot of people who still aren't familiar that you guys have been around for 50-plus years. Um, so for those who are not familiar, tell tell us about Alma and um, what it is that you all do, your, miss- your mission, and, and, uh, mission and, and intentions. Thank you for that. We are in the business of empowering learners and helping them to have healthy and successful lives. So as you said, we were formed in 1970, actually became a nonprofit in 1971. So we are celebrating five decades of service in the community. It originally started with substance use issues and kids dropping out of school. So at first, back in 1970, uh, they began a very modest after-school program. And through the years, we have just responded to the needs of the community here on the East End and have added uh, five core programs. 
which serves various needs that I'd love to tell you about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go right ahead. Okay. Well, we have our prevention and counseling services, which offers outpatient and prevention and treatment services to both adolescents and adults. And those uh, services are offered on our main, as we call it, campus, since we have a charter school here, as well as in another facility over off Clifton. Um, at that location, we also serve the gay, lesbian, transgender, and um, other community who might be at risk of communicable diseases, such as HIV and Hep C. And so we work with that group, do a lot of outreach, educating them and offering viral suppression um, medications and condoms and things of that sort. So you can see that we really reach a broad array of needs for the community uh, through that particular division of AMA. And then the charter school offers education to middle and high school students. We began that um, school back in 1995. We were one of the original charter schools here in Texas, and we opened a second campus five years ago. So we have two full middle and high schools that help students who um, haven't really experienced success in traditional school settings. You know, they probably have dropped out of school uh, for various reasons. And we help them to graduate from high school and go on to establish a career path so that they can have successful futures. That's amazing. How have you all um, been navigating all of the services that you offer in the community through COVID? Well, you know, it hit us hard, as <laughs> with everyone. Uh, we immediately really had to shut down services and began offering remote uh, classes for all of our students. Uh, and I think we did a pretty incredible job, frankly, of adjusting to that because uh, we were forced to, and we, of course, wanted to help uh, the people in the community. And that includes also our adult education services, which is where people were coming to uh, get high school equivalency and uh, English as a second language training so that they could then go on to earn certificates, uh, various technical certificates. And that has really proven to be a godsend, frankly, because a lot of our families at first were uh, not in a good position and somewhat resistant because they didn't necessarily have computers in their homes. So we began offering um, laptops to our students. In fact, we found that that's a great incentive to having them you know, stick with some of our programs if they actually complete it and, and meet you know, attendance requirements and everything else, then they can qualify to, to take one of those computers when they finish the program. So that's proven very successful. And it really helps our clientele because most of them work. Um, and it makes it easier for them. You know, if they can't come to us between 4 and 9.30 every evening or during the day, they can work around their schedules and continue their education at home and then come in at, you know, as they're able to. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I would like to touch on you. And <laughs> how long have you been with Alma and what made you 
um, want to uh, be a part of this incredible organization and work your way all the way up to chief development officer? Well, thank you for that. I've actually been with the organization um, not quite five years, and I have always worked in nonprofit. I actually used to, I started out with the Girl Scouts, and then I was the CEO here in Houston for the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, and I worked for them for about 12 years, even at the national level. So I always knew about AMA, and it really touched my heart when I you know, came to this point in my career, I was actually recruited to come here. It's because I started out as a high school teacher. So it has everything, you know, that I respond to. I've always had a love of of serving youth, um, but also one of my sons, who's now an adult and is doing quite well, had had some addiction issues. So that became an area that I gave my attention for about 10 years. And so this really brings everything together for me. It's like, um, a perfect environment because I feel like we're making we're really helping fulfill people's lives in so many different ways, and you know we all need help at some time or another. And at AMA we have this attitude that you know you are important, and you may have to um, get a second or a third chance, but we're with you and we have your back and we will stick with you so that you can get where you need to go and where you want to be. I like that. Um... Um, I'm I'm looking at the um, the meaning of the acronym Association mm-hmm. for the Advancement of Mexican Americans, and so it just sparked in me. Um, was this created uh, through the inspiration of the NAACP, which is you know the um, mm-hmm. National Association for the Advancement of Colored People? Yes. I think that back, you know, at that time, that was a real issue for people of color. And yes, it was more of an advocacy, you know, I I guess more radical in those days. Um, We were, particularly here on the East End, largely serving people uh, who were Tejano or are from Mexico. As it has evolved, we serve, you know, a wide array of different cultures including probably people from, at last count, there were like 32 different countries. Many of them you know, are immigrants. Uh, some have even been refugees. Just really, whoever walks in the door, we embrace them and um, meet them where they are and help them to feel good about the country that, of the origin and um, honor their cultures so that they can be successful. So even though we're still primarily, I would say, Hispanic organization, probably 94%. We do um, have people of different ethnicities, and we're very proud of that as well. So we, we use AMA because it's not, uh, quote, just, you know, Mexican-Americans these days. Absolutely. Yeah. With, um, with everything that's going on in this country, in the state of Texas, um, how are you all dealing with uh, all of the immigration issues that keep popping up and, you know, some of the dreamers who are afraid uh-huh. that they still may be deported, like in all of that. How are you all navigating through that? And what are you telling um, your people who who come there with those concerns? Yes. Um, I think that in the last several years, we've gotten more responsive to those needs that you're, you're discussing and really have become even more involved in advocacy on behalf of them and 
we worked with voter registration. We helped encourage the census. You know, we did a mayoral candidates forum. We're trying to inform our uh, community so that they know how important it is that they really consider all these issues and that they learn as much as they can so that we can elect people who will have our best interest at heart. And, um, you know, like with the census, getting them to understand why they should do it, even though they were fearful because they didn't, you know, it's not in their nature to necessarily want to tell all the private information about their household, because while they may be documented, they, they all know people who may not be. And so there was a fear. And I, we've done a number of uh, discussion groups, you know, focus groups, and all through that and also through the pandemic to help them overcome their fears of giving personal information and, and letting them know about the importance of going and getting tested. Uh, we've been offering vaccines here on our campuses in three different locations to, to just really get them to be aware of all of the things that they may not be able to get their arms around because they're not sitting at home watching television. You know, they are all out working on the front lines and we want them to be as aware of these issues as possible so they can make this good decisions for themselves and their families. Yeah. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Debbie Ortiz, the Chief Development Officer at the Association for the Advancement of Mexican-Americans, uh, better known as ALMA. They will be celebrating their 50th anniversary. Um, well, it was supposed to be during Hispanic Heritage Month, which uh, begins on October 1st. But, uh, Debbie, you you were explaining that you all had to move it. So what's going on with that? Yes, we did. You know, we were checking in uh, with our sponsors to see how their guests were feeling about attending an event uh, the 1st of October. And about a third of them would express that they were hesitant because of the Delta variant and covid so we had a lot of deliberation over several days and decided that it would be best to move our event to December 11th. And we feel very positive. While we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know what's going to happen, we just felt that with um, more people getting vaccinated and you know other older people even getting boosters now, that that will put everyone in a better frame of mind to be able to go out and have one of those face-to-face uh, gala experiences that Alma is so known for. We looked several times at whether we should change our event to a virtual one, but we really don't want to sacrifice uh, because our gala has been around. This will be our 16th year, and the community just loves it. You know, it's it's a very fun evening, and we want people to be able to feel secure and to be out to come out and have the camaraderie uh, and really the exuberance that we're, we're so known for. So uh, God willing, <laughs> you know, that's what our plan is. And it will still be at the George R. Brown Convention Center to help celebrate our 50 years of service here in the, the community. Yeah, I know how that, I know how you all feel over there, you know, when you're planning for something that is going to be exciting and just, you know, a big deal and then to you know, have to postpone it, but all is not mm-hmm. lost. What um, what were you looking forward to um, on this coming Friday, October 1st? Had it uh, still um, been in schedule to go on before you all decided to move it to December? Well, 
of course, I was going to be relieved to have it over with, <laughs> whereas now I'm still going to be working on it for the next two and a half months. It's just been a grueling 18 months because normally, you know, we have a planning period of about nine months and then within the year it's over and done. And then, you know, we have a little break. So there's been no break. <laughs> so that would have been one thing. But also we uh, always have dancing at our event and I, I like to dance. So I was looking forward to getting out there. But we just cannot do it, you know, if people aren't comfortable. And, you know, the idea of us having to distance out on the dance floor to that extent and to wear masks, you know, we may end up doing it in December, but uh, we're hopeful that it will be a little bit more relaxed uh, at that time. So we will see. Yeah. (laughs) 50 years. That is nothing to scoff at. Um, What can you say has been the proudest moment uh, for Alma um, and maybe just not even the whole 50 years, maybe just during your tenure uh, with the organization for uh, the last five years. Well, I've had a lot of um, just heartwarming experiences talking to our students uh, and we're also producing a video that will be shown at the gala that features two of our founding fathers, if you will, who are still here, and to hear them talk about, you know, this thing that they started, this small group of people back in 1970 who wanted to do something, you know, for the community. And, you know, one of the questions we ask is, did you ever imagine that it would grow to become, you know, this large and established really an institution on the East End, and we now serve about 10,000 people a year. And they said, no, they didn't really envision that, but they knew it was going to be big and that it was important. So that was very inspiring you know, to me to hear them talk about that. But one thing that I'm particularly proud of that I am actually personally uh, responsible for is that we started a work and learn center for disconnected youth who are people between 16 and 24 years old who haven't um, either gotten their high school diploma or and they they haven't finished college and they just don't know what to do with the rest of their lives and we established that program three years ago and it's still relatively small but I just see um, how many lives we have touched just in the last couple of years, particularly through the pandemic, to help them get a firmer footing, you know, on their future and to give them the confidence that they need to succeed. And especially now, because so many of our, our families are dealing with trauma, they've lost loved ones to COVID, they've lost their jobs, you know, they've suffered during multiple storms, uh, and yet we persevere and we can give them hope. So to carry on. Yeah, just to carry on. <laughs> um, tell me that you will come back sometime in November so we can talk once again about Alma's 50th um, anniversary celebration. I would love to do that. Thank you for that opportunity. And in the meantime, if anyone wants to support the work that we're doing, you know, we obviously are still taking sponsorships. They can call me at 713-929-2322 or go to our website, which is aama.org, O-R-G, and read all about the gala and our programs and everything else that we are doing here. And and again, that number was 713-929-2322. Two three two two, and then you can always log on to 
aama.org to find more information. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for your time today. Um, bummer that the event is not happening on Friday the 1st. However, this gives you guys more time to make it bigger and better than you all had probably planned for Friday for uh, December for the uh, 50th anniversary. So um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I don't think you all I have. think it's going to be good. Thank you. <laughs> it, and it's going to be, we moved it actually from a Friday to a Saturday. I want to be sure and note that because of space availability, and I had this vision of having 500 people in the room, which would be the most that any gala has drawn. And it was looking like it was going to be closer to 400 to 420, which is what we've drawn the last several you know, galas. So I'm hoping maybe with another couple of months, we'll get to that, that big landmark. Wouldn't that be great to have? Oh, you, you absolutely know, will. Uh, and, for and each uh, of the five decades. <laughs> you, you, you can and you will. Uh, just the fact <laughs> that you are... Uh, focusing your attention on that, and you've had visions of that. If you continue with that vision and that thought process, Debbie, you will definitely have 500 plus people uh, at your event. You know, now was the time to, you know, we we're manifesting generators over here. You know, our our, our thoughts really do create our reality. So um, that's going to happen as long as you keep that same thought pattern. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your support and your encouragement. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's what we're here for. We are a community. We are we are one. We're all connected. <laughs> so uh, I thank you so much. Debbie Ortiz, Chief Development Officer for the Association of the Advancement of Mexican-Americans. I really appreciate your time and you coming on this Sunday morning. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. And for everyone listening to the podcast on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, I'm KG Smooth. Enjoy your Sunday and we will see you next week.